Welcome to the Aki Culture Club, your after-school podcast with two wannabe weebs detailing the season's newest shows and analysis of some old favorites. You can find us at Aki Culture Club or at AkiCulture.club on our website. I'm your co-founder, Damien. And I'm Nick. Nick, how are you living today? Uh, I'm fucking living, man. Yeah, I got a question for you real quick. Okay. What the heck is a white pig? Uh, <laughs> what is a white pig? Yes. Um, I, it's, it's the capitalist swine. It's the ones that are in control. It's the ones that give you the orders, but don't actually uh, fight on the field with you. Exactly. The ones where they, they, they slam their fist on the table and demand everything of you while they give you nothing. That's, that's pretty spot on right there. The white pigs. We found that out in uh, this week's episode of 86, huh? Yeah. So uh, humanoid pigs are the 86s, and the 86s call the, the, the blue-haired people. Mm-hmm. Like white pigs. Yes. Very interesting that that's how they kind of handle their disclassism and racism that's kind of happening in the show. Yeah. Yeah. What are the blue haired people called? I feel like we should call them by their name. <sighs> they call them Alba. Alba. Albas. Okay. Which I feel like that's kind of like short for albino, but it's not. But that's what it reminded me of. Oh, I mean, they are all really pale and they all have blue hair. So it could work. It could, it, it very well could work. The one thing that I realized about this, what was happening here was like, there is now we, we see the clear divide between Albas and 86. Um, in this, in this week, we, we heard the handler ask the undertaker, like, what were you going to, what are you going to do when you finally become a citizen of the Republic? And that was a flag. That was a very, very small flag that these people are subhuman. They're considered subhuman, but they're, they can fight their way to, uh, citizenship yeah they just kind of rolled over that um because he, he like didn't even have an answer it's it's just this is this has been their life you know forever and apparently if you want to become a white pig you have to battle on the front lines for what I, I think it was like six years or something like that absolutely insane i think because and let's be honest here they're not really making it to that point anyway no so he probably assumed throughout his entire time that he was gonna die during one of these battles at some point, he was never going to make it to this like, you know, haven or citizenship that, that, you know, the handler spoke of. Yeah. He just, he just so happens to be captain Levi humanity's greatest soldier and has survived this long without expecting it. Um, dude, what if actually like, yeah, you made it six years, it's time to be a citizen. And then like they leave and they just shot to the head and it's like, yeah, no, you're not a citizen. I can honestly see them doing that. Like, why would what what incentive do they have to make these individuals full blown citizens? Nothing, and they wouldn't. Like, everybody has blue hair, so they're going to be an outcast if they're a citizen anyway. Yeah, it's like they're not going to lead a very good life because in this society, they're so racist and so classist that they'll just like look down upon this person who spent six years of their life losing every pretty much every single person on their squadron mm-hmm. just to be like given a crumb. And it's like San Magnolia land that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really hitting at like real life, second class citizens, how we treat the poor people, how we treat the, you know, the, the lower class people in uh, in real life. Yeah, there's there's definitely some like real parallels that can be drawn to our our society, to the society that's happening in, in 86. Yeah, dude, what a he- it was a heavy episode. It, it truly was a heavy episode. I mean, the ending there was was insane. Yeah, yeah. So the first half of the episode was really lighthearted. Yes. And I feel like a show like this, like they do that on purpose, like uh-huh. pull at your heartstrings and then bam, hit you with that. Yeah, they're doing a really good job at building a sense of community with the people who are on the front line. Yeah, they are. Like they they are more human than any of the Alba that we've seen. Absolutely. They have way more qualities of humanity. They have way more human like community amongst each other. They care for each other. I don't think any it's Sam Magnolia. I think you said this in the in a past episode. It's all just like like bare and dry and like mm-hmm. just like there's nothing there. It's very like uh sanitary almost. Yeah, like this dystopian this dystopian future. Yeah. But there's like such humanity on the front lines. And I, so I kind of find that was the first note that I wrote down. This, the group on the front lines has a lot of fun. Yeah. And you see the parallels between the two groups. Um, so like when they're splashing around in the water, uh, they're talking about the one girl who really likes Shin and like mm-hmm. they have crushes and stuff. And then it goes to, to our main character 
And she's talking to like her friend, what I believe, and her friend's complaining about like this arranged marriage that she has. Uh, Yeah, they have the freedom of choice in 86, uh, whether, you know, it's not always the best choice because they live in poverty, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then you have this dystopian utopia future uh, with the Alba people. And it's like arranged marriages, classism. It's just complete opposites. Yeah, and you and another draw to our society. I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos where people go into like uh, his name is bald and bankrupt, and he goes into a lot of like Soviet and Soviet era countries and does mm. tourism there. And one of the things that I recognize in his videos is that the people, while they live in such different uh, environments than we do, with such less amenities and luxuries, that they're mm. so happy. Yeah, that they yeah. just are just with each other, and they have like that sense of community and there's not like a weird divide amongst the people like they're all just they have they don't have much but for them they have a lot yeah that's it's such that's such a cool topic to me like the like the the hunter gatherers or the tribesmen um like i can't think of a specific tribe uh but i remember reading stories or hearing it on a podcast of like these people who live in these like prehistoric tribes where they have Mm -hmm. to like hunt for their food and they don't have a whole lot of possessions um they don't have words for like depression or anxiety it's just Mm -hmm. not in their language yeah yeah and then we have like our society where you have everything at any given moment um it's like an overload and it you know depression and anxiety run rampant exactly and it's almost like it's the society that we live in governed by our like the rules and self-implications that we have for one another is what drives our depression and anxiety. Yeah. Damn, we're getting deep on here today. It is. I mean, 86 is really, really, really drawing that line. It, it is because like all the, I mean, we talked about the, you know, they treat life as a game because they never know like when they're going to die, but they all seem so much happier in the 86. They do. And I really hope that like that type of happiness continues because at the very end, Kirsch blue did, did get killed. Yeah. And it was like, it was like our MC's fault that she was like, she was killed. because She didn't have the up-to-date maps. Yeah. That was, that was rough when that happened. That was rough. Even her getting, being told off as well. That was really rough. Like, like everything seems so like happy sunshine. Um, they were talking, she calls like every day and then it just, I don't know who it was that was on the phone uh, or on the receiver or whatever, but just laid down the law on her. And it's like, you don't even know our names. Yeah. But the thing is, and I think I'm, you may have had the same reaction as I did. It's like, damn, I don't even know their names. No, we know them. this whole time. I'm thinking like, she's trying to make a genuine connection with these people, but yeah, she, she wasn't like at all. <sighs> I think she, I think she was though. I think she's a, a good hearted person. Uh, Damn. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's no, like, there's no way that, that this was all a facade of her trying to like become friends with them. And no. I mean, and she, she clearly like is in love with uh, the undertaker. Like, I think they actually brought that up maybe in this episode or the last episode. And her friend was like, why don't you try pursuing someone you can actually see instead Mm. of because because she's like, just by this guy's voice and his actions, she's in love with him. Yeah, interesting. I actually didn't catch on to that in the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. When 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 I was talking about with the parallels, when she was complaining about her arranged marriage, Mm -hmm. that's how it started. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was like. Yeah, why don't you why don't you pursue something you can actually see? Interesting. Okay, I didn't notice that. I want to keep an, an eye out on episode four to see if that uh, makes its like appearance again. Her her love or interest in the Undertaker. Okay. Yeah, I want to I want to believe that she is our MC is a good person, and she truly thought she was making connections with these people uh, for their own best interest. Uh, but I could be wrong. I think I think she's genuine. I, I just based off the interactions that she has with other people in Sag Magnolia, she seems to be very optimistic and like the only one that actually cares about the people that she that she's handling in '86. Yeah, and she's gonna get she's gonna get bit for it because the people of San Magnolia do not like it. Yes, especially with them with her saying that 
that these are actual people and that real people are actually dying. And we will probably see that in the next episode. There's going to be some sort of reveal that Kirsch Blute was, was killed. Yeah. Yeah. What if she goes back to that class and like replays the recording of her dying or something? That would be cool. I that would be intense. That. I would love to see. I would love to see some sort of like grand reveal that that people are actually dying. And then I don't know what's going to happen in saying Magnolia. They'll probably give her the boot and then she's probably going to have to go to the front lines. I'm holding steady that that's my prediction that she will end up on the front lines with them. I I mean, I I have no way, no idea where this show is going to go. So I think it's a solid prediction at this point. Yeah, I think so as well. <laughs> Good tomorrow. <laughs> Um, something that we weren't predicting, though, Nick. Yeah, what's that? Was Tokyo Avengers really starting to heat up in this this episode? I will say that I actually enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I knew we were getting somewhere with you on this show. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll give it to you. The first the first two episodes were were slow, and the buildup was just like, oh my god, we need like some sort of hook here to really keep us. And like the first two episodes really didn't have that. This episode from the very beginning. I felt was really giving it to us exactly the way that we wanted it. Yeah, a lot of action. Um, these two new characters that we met, the, like the leaders of uh, mm-hmm. of the gang. I can't remember the name of the gang. Sano like, and Draken. Yeah, yeah. Like the the mystery that they build up behind them. Oh my god, it's um, intense because yeah. you don't know. Okay, so first off, I thought it was cool that Takamichi was not giving up in that fight, yeah. and that Kiyomasa the whole time. I'm like. Kiyomas is the head leader. Like he's beating the crap out of him. Like he's the leader of this, this gang. And then when Draken showed up, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Kiyomas is definitely not the leader. I and mean, he's not the leader. He's like just some pleb. And yeah, this man's he's got just, a tattoo on his head. Yo, he's got a <laughs> uh tradition uh a um a tribal dragon on the side of his head, man. He's hard. Yeah. But yeah, these two new characters are like were introduced with such mystery and like real commanding strength behind them. Yeah. Like the smaller one, of course he's, of course he's like just the most badass. Like he, he's a wimp. Like he looks like a wimp, but everyone fears him. And oh yeah. We got, to, we got to see him fight a little bit. Like it wasn't really a fight. He just like kicked some, kicked him in the face. Yeah. Which he beat the crap awesome. out of Kiyomasa though. Yeah. Yeah. And he just let it happen. Yeah, and he just let, which was weird because Kiyomasa's bigger than Sano. Like, was he fearing of a Draken? Like, did he think Draken was going to hurt him if he hurt Sano? Like, what is, unless Sano's done shit where it's like, if you fight me, I'm going to come back and kill you. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, I just will take the beating. Otherwise, I, I will get murdered at one point. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it, they're definitely building up like a shroud of mystery behind him because he seems powerful, mm-hmm. just just by that interaction but really he's he's small so like what is it that gives him this like intimidation factor yeah okay so i'm just gonna say it i noticed a few things about him okay let's hear it when sano first pulled up to takamichi he asked him how old actually are you Mm -hmm. right he Mm -hmm. asked him how old actually are you right so mm-hmm. that that ticked off a flag in my head. I was like, wait a second. Why would you ask some short little kid how old he actually was, right? Mm-hmm. He's, it's obvious that he's in middle school. Obvious. And I was like, all right, that's kind of weird. And then when Hina slapped Sano because she thought that they were bullying Takamichi. Mm-hmm. And Takamichi's like told Draken to get off of him, whatever. He's like, I'm never going to let this happen to her ever again. And Sano stopped, paused. And Draken said, ever again. And then mm-hmm. Sano got in Takamichi's face. And I was like, oh, my God. He, like, he's going to hurt him. But then he's like, aha, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to actually do that. That was also a red, a red flag in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I've been brewing on the fact that I think Sano knows about Takamichi's ability to time travel. Mm-hmm. And that he purposely killed Hina in the future to bring Takamichi back into the past. So that... Sano could like refig like refinagle his position in the gang, his position in in like decisions that he's made and, and accelerate his leadership, but also like make certain moves that allow for like the delinquents to become like the lead gang in Tokyo. Oh man, that's that is such a good idea. Because like why else 
was the leader of this gang at like a middle school fight. Exactly. Why? Like that he didn't even he didn't even know who Kiyomasa was. That means he wasn't even aware that Kiyomasa was making money off these fights. And anything that happens in like sort of gang or or mafia culture is if you're making money, you got to pass that money up. Right. Like you just don't keep that money for yourself. Right. So like he would have known who he was because he would have been making money off that fight and he would have been knowing that those fights were happening. Like gang leaders just like don't not know what's going on within the organization. This is that's such a such a good observation. I, I think you're spot on. Uh, we don't know anything about time travel, like how it happens in this show. So it, like it could be something that is known. Um, and yeah, that would be like the perfect way to do it because he would know that Takamichi's goal is to stop them from meeting because he doesn't want the gang to go down this path that mm-hmm. ends up with Hinata dying. Yeah. And if Sato knows this, he can use that to his own abilities to become like either a higher ranking in the gang or just it's because it's essentially like the merging of two gangs, right? Between these two leaders that meet. Yeah. I think that's how that goes. So that could never happen. And it Mm -hmm. could just be, he's, you know, the dictator at this point. Damn Damien. That's good. I like that. I hope that's where this goes. And those two are in like, they're in the, um, the opening. It's like, they're, they're obviously going to play a pretty more than just, you know, this, next two episodes or whatever they're going to play a big part in the story yeah and they're even wearing the same like uh, takamichi and his friends even i think end up wearing the same color clothing as sano and dragon yeah so there's he's bringing his boys with him up into the gang as well wow um, and like the uh, the ripple effects that it could have on the timeline if if this goes and like if takamichi just ends up becoming part of the gang and is like a higher up leader i mean it would I mean, his whole goal is to stop being such a bitch for the last 12 years. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, I mean, if that's his, and to save Hinata, of course. Yeah. yeah but like, yeah. that's a way to not be a bitch for the last 12 years. Yeah, it's to really like face your fears. And that's what his fears were. I mean, let, let's go back to the first episode. He considered himself to be a loser. Yeah. So he's going to obviously do the opposite thing to prevent that from being what happens. Yeah. And I mean, how do people get pulled into gangs because they want some sort of power, some sort of uh, prestige, some sort of like community around them to not be a loser? Absolutely. Oh, and that's what you man. end up with. So I think I really think this shows another thing about this show before we end on this one. Actually, I don't know if you know this or not. I just found out this past week. There's actually a lot of censorship that's been happening. Really? Were you aware of that? Yeah, yeah. So if you actually go and like look up like any images of Tokyo Revengers and like look at the manga, there's a lot of use of uh, the swastika, but really? it's not it's not the Hitler swastika. I think it's the the like Buddhist or Hindu version of the swastika, but it's it's pretty prominent uh, on their clothing, and they even have a flag uh, that's like that they fly, like they have this, like they put the swastika on their arm. And this is in the manga. This is in the manga, yeah. Wow. So they just censored that out for the anime? Yeah. Let me, sh- let me share my screen with you just real quick. Yeah, you can take a look. A look. Oh. Yeah, there it is. That's... Yeah. So they're running the swastika on the flag and on the side of their arm. And the side of the arm is like really symbolic. Yeah. Uh, of like, I don't, I don't know enough because I, I haven't read the manga. Um, but I really want to know the meaning behind that. I don't know how they're going to handle it in the anime or if they even mention it at all, but it's just something to consider into the show and like how that kind of like plays into their attitude or, or their ideals or, you know, their ethics or lack thereof. Yeah. One of the shows just a, a critique on group mentality. And that's why they're, wow. they're rolling the swastika on their arms. It could very much be, but I don't think we'll find out in the anime though. Yeah. You so, it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get the probably get the manga. Honestly, I bought the '86 manga, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that we'll see how that ends up going. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be sad if you read ahead and uh, spoiled it just so you can figure that out because I'm pretty curious now too. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably read ahead. I won't spoil it on the podcast because this is an anime only drawing that we're doing. So I'll tell you off air. Okay, okay, yeah, text. But me. I haven't I haven't I haven't read it yet. But so my prediction that I just made is uh, not congruent with that. Um, 
Nick. Yes. I have something for you. You have something for me. My opinion on My Hero Academia. Okay. I want to hear it. 1B is so much better than 1A. Uh, at least in this episode, they made that pretty apparent. Holy shit. Nick! How are we going to continue with this show if 1B is way stronger than Class 1A? We know that 1B is strong. Like, not all of 1B is stronger than 1A, but there are some people in 1B that deserve to be in the 1A spot. Yeah. Naval yeah, I- Laser, get the get off the stage, bro. Like, you're done. Like, if there, if there was, if this was regulation... You'd be gone, bud. Like <laughs> it's it's pretty damn clear that one A just receives better instruction because we saw the way that Azal was talking to the people in the first fight, mm-hmm. right? The way he was talking to Froppy, um, and etc. And when we yeah. saw the way that one B's instructor was just yelling at them, yeah, and like wasn't uh, providing any sort of input on how to be better, he was just yelling at them. Yeah, Eraserhead had them like critique their own mistakes and and gave them advice to how to fix it for the next time. And then the other guy is just screaming at them. Exactly. Because they lost. Exactly. So it's like, dude, of course one A is gonna be better. They have better instructors, they have better internships, they have better, they have better like facilities to fight in. Like it's of course they're gonna they have more experience fighting actual villains, but it's like some people in class one B really deserve to have that same experience. They got some really like the the guy that can just melt into darkness. Like that's a powerful quirk. That's a powerful quirk <laughs> that should truly, truly be in a class one A type of environment. Yeah, or the I League of Villains, or the or the yeah. He <laughs> I mean he could get snatched really easy in the League of Villains. I think so can Tokiyama as well. Like as a, like not the, like he does use darkness and the darkness can overpower him. Yep. So like don't think that for one second that someone in the League of Villains could turn Tokiyami evil against his own will because he's. Because they're manipulating Dark Shadow. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really neat power that he's got. Dark Shadow. Oh, it really is. I really liked seeing like the backstory with Tokiyami when he was with his internship with Hawks. Like, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, yeah, he's been pretty. He's been a pretty one dimensional character for most of this show so far. Yeah, and like we, yeah, it actually had some character development in that backstory, and you could see like he's like a never give up kind of person, and like even though Hawks didn't he didn't do anything for him until like the end of his internship. Like he was Mm -hmm. determined to follow Hawks around and to make something out of this. Exactly. And I think Hawks knew that. And like Hawks said that he's like, I'm not going to be here to train anyone in in UA. And he knew he took Tokiyami because he knew that he had potential. He knew that he could figure it out. And like, even though Tokiyama was like, Oh, I, I didn't learn anything from Hawks in my first, you know, my first internship. It's like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you, you learn can fly that, now. Yeah, you can fly <laughs> now. But even in the first internship, when you're just running around, you learn that heroes are like strong. Yeah, and you have to put in a lot of work and effort, and you have to figure shit out on your own to be able to get to the point where you can call yourself like a pro hero. Yeah, I mean, Hawks didn't really give him like any training. All he gave him like this vague advice to play to your strengths, essentially, mm-hmm. and and then Tokiyama took that and learned how to fly with it. And so that like, was like so cool. That was that was a really it was cool how he flies too with like like he makes the shadow fly, but the shadow is also like wrapped around him and carries him is really neat. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. I was like, damn, that was such a smart move, like such a smart move, such a cool like development of his character. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like other than Tokiyami, like being like him having more seeing his backstory and him like you know figuring that out and like other than that, dude, I was like, damn. Like, I don't know what I feel. I don't know how I feel about this arc. I really don't. Like, I'm seeing that Deku's fight is probably going to come around episode 10 or episode 11 or 12 between that time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that, like his fight against Shinzo is going to be, like, the end of the arc. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be, like, epic and cool and because Deku's the, the last group to go and Shinzo, like, they, they're going to meet again and fight, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to go through, like, probably five more episodes of, of, of fighting mm-hmm. between the other groups. Um, but man, I just like if I see another like one B group get up on one A, I'm just gonna be like, dude, I'm losing faith in some of these characters. Yeah. And it also like like you said, like, I don't know how I feel about this arc. Like it's not it's not extending the story and it's not progressing the main story at all. Like we haven't seen anything really with the League of Villains or mm-hmm. like like there's so much brewing in the background and yet we just have this tournament. Yeah. 
And yeah. so I, I, you, I said before, like tournament arcs are like really kind of like are kind of boring to me. And like, cause you're right. It doesn't progress the story that much. Mm. However, in this instance right here, I think the reason why they're doing it based off what I know and what I've read on the internet, that this is the last like chill arc before it starts to like really blow up mm-hmm. in terms of like, like pacing and fighting. And like, it's a lot less like chill learning in class, but it's going to be like legitimate, like fighting the league of villains. Um, they needed a, a way to introduce all the heroes of one B. Yeah. I guess this is a good way to do it too. It um, is. It is a good way. And if they introduce them and then they're continued on in the story, and we see them for like the rest of the arcs because they need to link up because they need to use one B to fight the league of villains. Yeah. That's great. If we don't hear of one B after this again, it's going to be a huge fucking waste of time. Yeah. They're getting a, a two on my anime list. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> so upset because if they introduce all these cool characters with all these quirk, cool quirks, and then they like, don't ever talk about them ever again. And I have to see Mineta and Naval laser fight the league of villains. I'm going to be so pissed. I yeah. don't want to see that shit. I, I don't. I- I could go without seeing Mineta and Naval Laser for the rest of the show, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not even learning Naval Laser's like name. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to know. <laughs> um, and that's that's it. Like, I just don't care. I don't, I don't blame you. It, it's such a, it's a useless quirk, and like a a played out character that he is, like the pretty mm-hmm. boy, and <laughs> yeah, over yeah. it. I don't care. There's so many other like pretty boy characters. That do it so much better. Yeah. Even in Black Clover, I liked Black Clover a lot, and they had pretty boy characters that I thought were annoying, but they were actually still useful. Mm-hmm. This naval laser, he just sucks. Like I, yeah. I don't know. You his would think sucks. His power, like his ability, sucks. Oh god. You would think that if if someone's sole quirk is to fire a laser out of their stomach, it would be a really powerful laser. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's like a light laser. Yeah. Like, bro, what are you gonna do with that? Yeah, he can be the disco ball at a at a show. That's yeah, that's exactly. what he can do. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably why he's like so like like uh pretty boy is because he can like he probably like you know what was he the dancer? He wanted to be the main character on stage when they did their they did their like play or whatever. Yep. Such a disappointment. And I'm not letting Mineta go. He sucks the most. So when his time comes, I'm shitting on him as well. Yeah, you ain't getting out of this great boy. I like the competition that they have between, uh, again, bad with names, but the two females on each of the teams are like, yeah. they're like the the leads of their their teams. But apparently 1Bs is better because they outsmarted them with the mushroom play, whatever that is. We don't really know yet. Like this whole distraction with the the, the shadow bender guy like that was all just part of their ploy to, yeah. to, I guess, infect them with mushrooms, which we don't really know what they do yet. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So we're, we're going to find that out. I think I read it like two weeks, two episodes ago or something, but I don't, I don't remember mushrooms quirk. Yeah. I think it's I just, want, I, think it's I like want them to lose. Work. You do. I want one a to lose in this battle. Interesting. Yeah, I could see it going back and forth. I can see I mean, 1A wins, 1B wins, 1A wins, 1B wins. And then in the end, 1A is going to win. Or at the end, they never finish the tournament because the League of Villains comes huh. once, once again. Yeah, so that's probably what's going to happen. It's going to be mm-hmm. Deku, Shinso, fight, big explosion. Something's going to happen. End of arc they're going to fight like UA somehow hasn't figured out yet. Like, Oh, we need to protect our students in some capacity. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. After this has happened, how many times now? Yeah. I want to see a racer head fight more. That's what I want. Me He's too, cool. bro. He's cool. Shit. He, he really is. I, I, uh, my, I think he, there's more backstory on him in the, uh, my hero academia vigilantes manga, mm-hmm. which I would love to see animated. I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but, it would be cool nonetheless. Explain to a non-weeb uh, what that is. Sorry, my candle went out. Uh, so MHA Van- Vigilantes is like um, more or less like younger, all my younger Ayazawa days. Um, and then it's also centered around like vigilante heroes. So they're college kids who aren't official heroes, but they like to like 
you know, they have quirks and that they can save people. So it's kind of like a, a, a mix of, of that. I would like to see that too. I want to see younger all might. I think that'd be awesome. I think it would be pretty cool too. Yeah. Just to see what he was like in his prime days, like before he started to lose. Cause we kind of saw him on the decline a little yeah. bit in the first season. And now he's just like, just a wealth of knowledge, but not there physically at all. Yeah. I, I will say that I'm not hating on my hero. Cause I really like my hero, but this so far, these episodes have further solidified its lower rank in my list for this season. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think they've been good, but like, I want the story. I, I don't want to see any more, any more group battles. Like I know everyone's got power ups and, it's, I just feel like it's been done so many times. Just, just I want to know what's going on with All for One and what's going on with the League of Villains. And I know they like they gave us a little teaser with that dream in the beginning. Yeah. And I get it can't just be all straight story or else it's gonna end. But let's get back to that, man. We had something really good brewing. You're right. We did. I feel the same exact way. Um. I think the way that this is going to go is we're going to get five more episodes of just tournament, and then we're going to get back to the story. I really don't think there's going to be much going on, and probably until till like end of May. Yeah, well, it is a it's a fun anime. And it is. They're, it's, they're doing fun stuff right now. So it is. Okay. That's true. Okay. We can't have we can't have seriousness the entire time. Like it can't be like to your eternity where it's just like constant in your face one thing after another and there's like literally no downtime you know what i'm saying yeah that was a good segue too thank you to eternity episode three another just like it was it was heavy again just a heavy heavy episode yeah we saw that he finally got a name yeah foo foo chan foo chan foo chan not four chan foo chan yeah uh you know i in the very like we saw that the we saw what the huge monster is it's a huge polar bear. polar bear, I think. It's just a big rabid white bear with spines coming out of it, apparently. Yeah. But one little like tidbit on that is um like when the guards were like, they were like, there's a monster back there. And then they were saying that like they got attacked by a bear, and they're like, No, it, it couldn't just be a bear. It was it was Oni, what is it? Oniguma? Onigama or something like that. Yeah, something. like Onigama. Yeah, so who they've been sacrificing children to, like that's the god they've been sacrificing children to. Yeah, and the other guard was like, everybody knows Unigama is just a legend. So like, I saw, yeah, yeah. So like they've just been like, and the bones of the kid of the prior kid were still on that table. So like they've just been taking these children up here, tying them down, and then they just rot. Like they're they don't even know that they're sacrificing to a god because Damn. it's just a legend. At Damn, this point. you're right. Heavy. That makes so much sense because the way that the polar bear bear Onigama ate that guy, like he would have eaten that entire child. There would have been no bones left. Absolutely not. So they were just like letting these little girls just wither, starve, yeah. die of starvation or dehydration and then wither away. Yeah. And like for legend. So like, why are they even doing this? I mean, why did any Asian society sacrifice you know, their children. Yeah, for legend, I guess. To bring peace, to have a bountiful crops this season. And it's and just, they got bountiful crops, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe it works. Maybe that's what we're doing wrong right now. <laughs> but just to hear him say, like, everybody knows that Unigamu, Unigama, giant polar bear is legend. It's like, then why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah, why are we killing these little girls? No, you're so right. I did catch that. And I was like, so does that mean that this is the first time that they were seeing this bear? They were seeing so. the legend. Damn. That's out of pocket, honestly. Yeah, it was heavy episode. And like they drugged her with whatever that that little black cube is cube. that she ate. Yeah, Jelly she cube. like fell asleep and she was still asleep and she just would have woken up and starved to death. That's what would have happened. That's exactly. That's literally exactly what would have happened. Yeah. Except Fu was able to come in at the last second. Of course. And fight this Onigama. Yeah. So he, it, Fu, it, the ball, whatever, 
is finally like having thoughts for itself. Yes. Like there was no like primal motivation for him. Like everything has just been like a, some sort of primal motivation, stimulus, get the fruit, you know, that's all it's been so far. Yeah. And he, it's who consciously made a decision to attack this bear. Uh, I guess because it's finally developing emotion and it likes uh, March. Maybe? I think you're right. Yeah. Or, and it's at the most basic though. Right. Yeah. Or it's like a dog and March feeds it. So it needs to protect March. Mm. Cause like a dog is just like, they're big. I mean, yes, dogs love you, but like their biggest level of motivation is this person feed me, feeds me. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to protect this person. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's literally how humans were able to domesticate dogs. Right. Yeah. Through that process. So what if that's like the foundation of its cognitive ability? Like a dog? Yeah. Like what that is his first, like him having the qualities of a dog, it having the qualities of a dog is its first instinct for cognitive thinking. And then eventually that's its foundation. It'll start to build more and more and more between before you know it, it will be able to make decisions based off reasoning and discussion and things of that sort. Yeah. It's evolving. And I think the name of this episode was a small evolution, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is just its first step in the evolution. And then at the end of the episode, as a dog, not as a person, it says, thank you. Yeah. Arigato. Arigato. I was like, holy shit. Cause I was like, First, I was like, oh, my God, like he got his head bit off. Like, that's insane. And then he turns into a wolf. And I was like, what? What? He can yeah. turn into a wolf now? Yeah. Like, we he can, can revert back. Does that mean he can go back into a stone, though? That's the one thing I want to know. Can he just be like, yo, <laughs> fuck, I'm, I'm done. Peace out, double bird, and just turn into a rock, and then that's it? Or I mean, if he could turn into a dog, why wouldn't he be able to turn back into a rock? I honestly thought he was going to when he got bit. Uh it was like, it's just going to turn into a rock and like break the bear's teeth. Mm. Imagine that would have been smart too. I didn't think it like a wolf was going to turn, like be able to kill this, this legend. But when the wolf, when he was in the wolf form and he was biting the, the, the bear's nose, I thought he was going to turn into the bear. That's what, so did I, because like it kept zooming in on him and, and like the wolf would like, like shiver almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and I thought, like, is he turning into the bear? Or my other question was, is he, like, stealing life force from this bear ah, to, like, heal itself? Interesting. Which very well could be. We don't know. We don't know much about it yet. I, I don't know. I really wanted it to turn into the bear. So did I. I wanted to see, like, a huge, like, you know, King Kong, Godzilla type fight where it's just, like, these two huge entities just, like, throwing down till one of them survives. Yeah, and then he stays as the bear, but it's just like loyal to this child, and he's just walking around as a bear that's taller than trees. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing would have been is he would have, I, it feels like he would have that in his arsenal now, so he could turn into a human, a wolf, the giant bear, or, or a rock. Yeah, or a rock, don't forget that. <laughs> and like, he's just kind of like collecting, collecting like identities as, as he goes. But I don't know yeah. if that's going to be the case. Maybe he's just not going to be doing that. And he's just going to continuously be. Yeah. Everything is up. Everything is just so up in the air with this show. Like, where does it go from here? We have, I have no idea. They're going to the woman's that was trying to procure the children. They're going to her village. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Like I I saw the, the, the preview for the next episode, but like, like what's the conflict going to be? Like it, it, it's just so many it could go in so many directions because it's such a unique and like mold, literally multiple because he can change into whatever, but like multiple plot that like the problems that could arise in this story or the, the directions that it take are just like infinite at this point. Yeah, for sure. And that's the cool thing about this, this story that you just said, like we literally, the author could take this in any direction that they, they so choose. Yeah. Um, I've seen the next episode. We're seeing that, they're going to actually put him in, in a jail cell. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be probably some sort of studying going on of him and they're eventually probably going to break out, but you're right. Oh. After that, what happens? Like, where are they going to go? Yeah. Who knows? And we, we like, as in most shows, there's a trio of main characters. And I think we have our trio now, which is March and yeah. it and the other girl, which I don't know her name, the one that tried to save March. Like, I think that's our mm-hmm. trio now. 
Okay. They're, That's they're gonna, probably, yeah. Yeah. They're going to stick together. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. It's going to learn to talk. It learned how to say arigato. So like, is it going to develop a personality? It's crazy. The show is like, this is quickly climbing my ranks and it's only been three episodes as like a favorite anime. Like it's just so unique and so real and I just love it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so, so good. And I feel like it's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, so you said it is based off a light novel. So we're probably not going to get a hundred episodes of this. Oh, right? It's based off a manga. Okay. 86 is based off a light novel. Oh, which okay, also okay. has a manga, which also just came out with a manga. Okay. But, so do you yeah. know if, if it's like the manga is ongoing? Yeah, I actually just bought it. It came in the mail. So we have like a lot of episodes. Yeah, the or, little girl or... is on volume cover too. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to say like anyone can look up what like the manga covers and it looks like there's multiple people that are going to be involved in multiple different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought but, uh, for sure that like the little girl was actually going to die and he was going to turn into the little girl. I thought so too. I thought that's like literally where we were going to go with this story. However, just like I thought that like he was, it was going to be able to like retain some sort of like humanity when he turned into the boy. Mm. But it just doesn't make sense that if he would have turned into the like boy, like, like he did and, and not have you no know, anything, like he's just crapping his pants as he's walking. Yeah. You know, like it would turn into a little girl and it would just kind of be the same thing. Yeah. And I feel like that would just be like just taking on different kind of like identities without having like actual progress wouldn't mean much. Yeah, that's right. It was just part of me was like uh like they they spent so much time developing this little girl's character, like we know her. Um like they're not going to kill her off right away. But then again, it's like the first episode was all developing this kid's character and then he died. And then he died. They killed him off. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Where's it gonna go, man? I just I, can't I don't know. Wait. We have 20 episodes. 20. With, yeah, there's 20 episodes. Awesome. So we have some time still. We have we have some time. Yeah, it's no show can keep up like this level of just so much happening in every episode. Like we're gonna get some downtime episodes, but I'm I'm like huh. interested in I think we are. Okay. I'm interested in those episodes because like it's a human behaving with other humans but has no human qualities so like that in itself is entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. That that's 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 true and I think that yeah it's going to There's going to be some down episodes. I don't think there's going to be many though. I I agree. I agree. Like the last episode air date is not going to be until the, like the the last week of August. Oh wow. So we're going to be reviewing the show up like through our summer. 2021 season mm-hmm. and my hero as well but uh like we're not gonna know until august which is crazy yeah it, it, it's, it's gonna be it the whole show is gonna get crazy like it it can't not yeah it's gonna be it, it, it with only episode three like i said it's gonna go somewhere which is fucking crazier man it's just gonna get crazier you know what else got pretty crazy what did Nick? Vivi. It really did. It really truly did. And I'm not surprised it's the last one we have to talk about. So yeah. um, it this episode made me think a lot about what's actually happening in this show. It did. And like not not a lot happened in this episode. No, but you're right. Like everything that did like just had so many like hidden meanings to it. Yeah, it really did. Um, so we got a time skip another five years. Yeah, which this show does very well. It does. I I don't mind the time skipping in this whatsoever. It's really apparent that that you know this is a hundred year quest, and like they have to do a mission, and then like Matsumoto will disappear, and Vivi will go back to singing at the amusement park, and then he'll come back when it's time to like change another scenario um, to try to prevent this this invasion. Mm-hmm. Nick, I have a question for you though. After watching this episode, is Matsumoto a good guy or a bad guy? I think it's very vague. It's very gray area. Like who whose side is he on? He is well, so he's on the side of preventing this war from happening. 
Okay. But, but I, like, the this history has already changed so much. And he even said that, that, like, like is he just trying to write his own history at this point? I I don't know. There, There's something funky going on with yeah. his character. Like, think about the things that they've already done. They mm-hmm. saved a politician, right? Mm-hmm. That didn't prevent that law to be getting signed into. That didn't get prevent that bill from getting signed into law. No, right? They took down the hotel, mm-hmm. right? That didn't prevent like uh, there to be animosity between humans and robots, right? No. Those were two events that they that was supposed to direct the course from human and AI warfare. They were supposed to direct that away from it, and it didn't happen. No. Right? Is this going to be the same scenario where they're going to take down this metal float and then nothing is going to change? It, it could. I mean, it, it very well could. The Time travel and butterfly effect, it's a complex like story point to begin with. So, like, yes, it he did prevent these things from happening, but it's almost like the war is inevitable at this exactly. point. It, it feels that way. It feels like no matter what they do, the idea of, like you said, time travel is funky. So maybe the events that are going to happen are going to happen no matter what you do to them. Yeah, because like, like this island is a result of them saving the stopping the hotel from crashing yeah like they were like you know it only furthered the the love for ai so like it furthered the advancements of ai which yeah, by 20 years yeah like isn't that what they were trying to prevent yeah so now they have i'm assuming now that they have less time to save maybe they don't i don't know like wouldn't you think that they have 20 years less now because they were able to progress ai technology by 20 years yeah you i mean you would think um, they did say that that beacon thing that like the giant tower is essentially like, if you just watch that tower, the higher it gets, the closer we get to war because like, that is like a symbol for how far AI has progressed. And Vivi said in this episode, like it hasn't really grown that much in these, huh. in, in these last five years. Okay. Yeah. Just one point. I, I just wanted to point that out, but yeah, you're I right. Like they're 20, AI is 20 years ahead of humans at this point because they just they just put a whole bunch of AI on an island and let them go to work essentially. Yeah. And Which, go ahead. That just like made me think that gave, gave me feels for some reason <laughs> because like they have this mother computer which they keep referring to. Yeah. But, but like the AI completely shaped this this whole island to so guests could come mm-hmm. right like like when when the little worker ais did that like surprise party thing and they're like this is what we've calculated to be uh the, the best way to greet a human like that just kind of made my like heart warm a little bit i was like this is cute you know yeah. it, i agree i think vivi's feeling the same way you are yeah she's like shouldering the burden for like all of ai because apparently like she's like the only one that knows that this is going to happen, that this mm-hmm. war is going to happen. But like, she doesn't want to kill all these AI. Yeah. Because it's thinking about it. And that's the point of like her being like artificial intelligence. Like she understands that killing this AI is equivalent to like, would be like, she could also die herself. Yes. Like the idea of death is, is the same between, between a human and a human. Mm-hmm. You know, like death comes for us all. And like now Vivi's realizing like and she's recognizing that like me killing them is like, do I would would I be OK with with someone killing me? Yeah. And she has like a benchmark test is that question that she's been asking all these AIs. Like, what does it mean to put your heart into something? And we saw for a second, like the computer, the little drone computer was like, I can't compute that because it's too complex. And then she like, to me at that point, she was like, okay, I'm fine with this. But Mm -hmm. then it turns around and it's like, 
it was essentially the same reason. Like she, they just want to make people smile. Like they're going to try their hardest to make people smile. And, and then I, I think it switched for her again. Like, why am I killing these things? Like they yeah. have the same motives that I do. Exactly. I think yeah. what's happening in here is like Vivi is involved on a lot of like the destroying, mm-hmm. but she's not going to be like the hand that destroys it. You know? Yeah. It's almost like the situation's kind of like get out under from her. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just like ends up happening in that way. Yeah. So she's like not directly responsible, but like she had a hand in 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 pushing it and guiding it in that direction. Yeah. And because like I don't I don't see her like actively killing something that gives her that that sort of answer. Right. Yeah. She's like relating them to herself and to humans, and like she has empathy, even though that she's a robot. Matsumoto, on the other hand does not has no empathy which makes me think like where because technically he's a hundred years in the future from vivi so he has a hundred years worth of development Mm -hmm. so like shouldn't he have like like a more superior computing process than vivi does he does he just doesn't have like the emotions that vivi does yeah but how does she get emotions when she's the first type of like autonomous robot I don't know. He doesn't have it. Like they like figure it out to like write his feelings out. But then like, why would an AI war start out start, you know, Mm -hmm. if they were able to like write away feelings and that type of behavior. Yeah. I don't know. And why is he not affected by the war? Because he's an AI from a hundred years in the future. Yeah. So wouldn't he have like the, the, the drive or the the script to want to kill humans? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's still, why does he want to stop it too as well? I think that's his mission. So every AI has a mission. Hers is uh, to make yeah. everyone smile with singing. And he said it in this episode, like, this, I'm doing this to fulfill my mission. And his yeah. mission is to stop it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And that does make sense. Yeah. It's a really interesting uh, dynamic slash conflict between our two main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, like, I like Matsumoto. I think he's a he's a fun character. I don't necessarily trust him at this mm. point. I don't know how I feel about him, but I like when he's on screen. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I, I share the same sentiment as that. I, I don't have him fully sussed out yet. I, I'm not yeah. sure if he's if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, this cube, this little cube sus. Little fucking teddy bear cube. Yeah, a cube that can't fly is just a cube. That was one of his quotes. <laughs> He does have some wit, though, doesn't he? Yeah, and he talks really fast. I think that's why I like him. It's just like, yeah, super witty, talks really fast, fast thinking. It's just an entertaining character. Truly. Truly is, though. Truly. Damon, have you been... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to segue off. So No, go ahead, yes. I was just going to say, do you... Have you been doing your watch series? Absolutely. I want to hear. I want to hear okay. about it. I'm yeah, like living so, vicariously through you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I'll keep it a buck with you. Uh, combatants will be dis- dispatched. Didn't watch it this week. I know it, I said I would give it another shot, but it's kind of been like, do I want to watch it? Eh, you know, mm-hmm. like There's the fact so- that it's even on Funimation and like I don't have Funimation on my TV. I have to watch it on my computer. Mm-hmm. It's like a barrier enough for me to just be like, yeah, fuck it. Even though Vivi's on Funimation and I love Vivi, so of, of course I'm going to go and, you know, watch yeah, it. There's only so much time in the day. So why waste time watching something that sucks? Exactly. Why, why do that? And it could yeah. not suck. It's from the same writer as Konosuba. So, like, it obviously has, like, there's clout behind it. And it's not just some, like, random person or manga, like, right, who wrote the story. Like, it's from a legit, legit author and legit creator. So like there has to be something there and people are enjoying it. Like they're like, Oh, if you like the wittiness of Konosuba, you'll like this. And I don't know. I'm not really seeing it. Um, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. Um, so the, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, they just shorten that to slime isekai. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to call it now. I'm just going to call this 300 slime isekai mm-hmm. instead of saying the whole name. So 300 slime isekai. Okay. Um, there was an elf that showed up and there's a devil that's chasing the elf. And it eventually happened where 
the witch, the main character, ends up defeating the devil. Uh, it's still such a wholesome show. It really, truly is. Um, there's not really much going on. It's it, I, I consider it a slice of life. Like you're just watching the life of this girl who overworked herself and then got reincarnated in this world where she's like super strong because she spent 300 years killing slimes and maxed out her level, obviously. <laughs> is this the show where they keep adding a new girl to the cast? Every yes. Episode? Yes. Did, did, did someone get added? Yes. <laughs> yes, they did. That's um, I like that. Yeah, exactly. They they added the devil, and then there's two more girls that are going to get added based off based off the ending. It looks like a ghost, and then looks kind of like another dragon, as like she has like a dragon tail. So, I, I don't know. It's entertaining. Like it's, I I don't not like it, but I'm like this is nice. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the best way that I can describe it. It's nice. It's nice. What's nicer, that or the one about making mugs? Oh, the one about making mugs is wholesome. Wholesome. Okay. Okay. The one about making mugs is like, we have no mugs. Let's make mugs. Let's make <laughs> nice mugs. We have nice mugs now. That's the show. That's literally the show. And it's sweet. It's such a slice of life. It's only 14 minutes. 14 minutes. Why not watch it? You know, it's half the, it's almost half the time than a, than a regular syndicated show, right? 14 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Who cares? I think it's wholesome. I don't have to watch people die. <laughs> I mean, there's there is a dead mother, and she is part of the dead mothers club, but she don't come up that much. Just just making mugs and making other things out of clay. That's it. That's all we want in life, Nick. There is not much more than that, right? Yeah, That's all dude. we kind of want. That's nice. It is nice. That's um, nice. the the other show that I was watching is a uh, burning comedy, mm-hmm. which is about the sport comedy. Uh, in this episode, the we never saw the captain. He was never there, right? He's always kind of he was at the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in this episode, we finally got to see the captain, right? He gets out of the hospital. He runs into the MC, like he's like, "What are you doing? You look so frail." Like the MC's like, "Who are you? Like you're so frail looking." And then like the two other dudes on the comedy team like roll up and they're like, "Oh, captain! Like finally, great to see you." And he's like, "Captain!" He's like, "You're like this." very small, very frail, very sickly looking individual. It doesn't really look like you can do much of anything, let, let alone do a sport. That's a combination of wrestling and tag. Like you don't have like the physical prowess, the finesse, the speed, the agility, the strength, nothing to be able to, to succeed in the sport. Right. But somehow he's the captain who's like really well respected. So uh, they get to the gym and they're about to like, he's like, Oh, I, MC's like, I'm challenging you. He's like, you're trash. Like I, I want to go against you. And like him and like the short guy are like, okay, I'll, he's like, I'll join you, whatever. And the captain just like switches on like demon eyes. Right. And he's like the real emo haircut that I had. Like when I was in like eighth grade and he like flips his hair to the side and he's like, gets the tongue out, like the whole demon tongue shit. I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, I thought it was like cool. I was like, dude, this dude's he's a literal demon. Like he just like he jumped it all. He like because he says comedy really quiet. He's like, comedy, comedy, comedy. Because you have to continue to say comedy as you're when you're raiding the other side. Mm-hmm. And if you can't say comedy anymore, you have to come back. So it's like until you like run out of breath almost. Interesting so like, rule. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting rule. He's like comedy, 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 comedy. And then all of a sudden he taps the MC in like a blink of an eye. And the MC's like what and then the dude he does it to the other kid and then like the little dude who's like a really good defender grabbed him and the dude just like slithered right out of his hand (laughs) and it's like oh you're a snaky bastard is what you are he's super fast and he's like real slithery and snaky is he like a legit demon like no no he just had like he just was like that's how they personified him on screen i got you and he could have been a demon could have been a snake but he was like real slithery and he was able to just like finagle his way out of like getting caught. He was super fast. And uh, then they had like a man, like they had a lot of respect for him after that because they couldn't beat him because he was too good. Okay. So he's captain. Yeah. He's captain. Cause he's like the best, like he is really, really good, but we haven't seen him go against any other teams yet. I think that's in the next episode because mm-hmm. in this episode, they're like, okay, like we don't have a full squad. Right. And he's like, wait a second, we've been practicing. We don't have a full squad of seven. Like, this is bullshit. And uh, he's like, oh, don't worry. The other schools, they 
they like uh they they only put out five people too, so they only do five v five. And he's like, Oh, okay. So I guess we're gonna have to get more people. So that was that episode. Uh still really great. I think it's awesome. I'm gonna continue to watch it for sure. Good. Um Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro was the one that was about like the bullying, the girl like teasing the kid. This episode was so much better. I think anyone who watched it thought that it was bullying. And now you're watching episode three. You're going to learn a lot about uh, Nagatoro. She's a pretty nice person. Not nice, but she opens up a little bit. And you can tell that she actually likes this kid Mm -hmm. more than just like making fun of him. And actually, like he's trying to find a spot at lunch and she invites him to like sit down with her and her two friends who are like super catty looking. And like she's making fun of him a little bit. And then her friend like tries to make fun of him. And she goes to like tap, like she like the friend goes to like slap him and she like grabs her hand, her friend's mm-hmm. hand. It was like, don't touch. She's like, no touchy. And I was like, oh, you're interested in him. Okay. That's where this is headed. And I was like, I knew this is where it was headed, but I didn't think it was going to head that quick and in that way. So she was like, don't touch him. I touch him, not you. Um, and then she invited him to play video games at her house after they got caught in the rain and she just like made fun of him it's a good story I like it a lot that was that and that was that yeah so it's going good so far episode 4 I'll I'll report back next week Nick is that all the shows you were watching no there's one more I added another okay how not to summon a demon lord season two. I decided why not? Why not start it? You know, mm-hmm. I, I watched the first season. I thought it was, I may have mentioned that I started it last week. Maybe yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they totally nerfed the main character. I think I said that as well. They nerfed him. He's not as strong. He has to do a little bit more finagling to get out of a situation. Like they went in, like one of the girls got, two of the girls got caught. The priestess got caught and was like ended up in a sex dungeon mm-hmm. and he had to like fight a paladin to get out. And that was literally that episode. Mm-hmm. It's tr- it, 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 I can't express it any other way. It's just Isekai trash. Oh, like I'm surprised it got a second episode just in general. And a lot of people are also surprised because usually these Isekai trash shows don't get second seasons. Excuse me, not second episodes. Somehow this got a second season, 10 episodes. I'm deciding to watch it. I, that's it, bro. I don't. I don't know what else to say about it. It's trash. <laughs> but you're it's, gonna watch it anyway. It's gonna. I'm gonna watch it. But it is like top tier. It's god tier trash. Okay. Okay. It's god tier trash. It's god tier trash. That should be the name of this this episode, Damien. Oh God, I don't even know if I. So I started doing like custom posts for each episode, and like have like our own little like color palette for our logo and changing it every episode, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know if I was to take like images like of the characters and put them on Instagram, if Instagram would take it down or not. Mm. I don't know. Cause they're pretty provocative. Um, <laughs> kind of weird too. Uh, it's, I think this episode is going to be Tokyo Avengers, like a black, black and red and gold type of scenario. That was going to do for this one. But yeah, man, just trash, just a trash show. There's not really, I can't really say much else about it other than that. It's just, it's a kind of trash. I gotta say, the Damien Watch series segment is my favorite segment of our shows. Thank you, you Nick. You get so fired up when you talk about these shows. It just like I feel like I'm living them through you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm glad. Is, I'm glad that I can watch these and, and kind of give you a, a rundown of what's happening in them. Yeah. Just, you just get so that could be another episode. Damien gets or another name for the episode. Damien gets fired up because it's just it's great. I love it. The energy. I do. I do. I like that. I was thinking about doing actually I have that written down in my notebook is like we do this podcast with five shows and then I watch another five shows on top of it. What if I just did my own like YouTube video where I just talk about the trash shows that I watch because they're in a weird way, it's almost divided. We have the shows that we can talk about and be analytical and dive deep a little bit. And then there's the shows that are like, this show is trash. This show is wholesome. This show doesn't have much depth to it. 
um, and I can kind of get like more fired up about it because there's not much to say <laughs> other than a big titty elf falling off of a staircase because she can't shoot her bow and arrow. But in this episode, she does shoot the bow and arrow pretty well and and turns one of the other girls that was part of the Paladin's crew into stone. But it was like... Damien's trash heap. <sighs> Damien's trash heap. I like that. I like that. I just... I like Damien gets fired up. Yeah, it's good too. It's, it's very entertaining to watch you talk about these shows. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, start a YouTube series. I, mean, I will. I'll we're going to do a subscriber. We're going to do our show and then my segment. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, I think I think we can wrap this one up. I think it was a good episode. I think so too, Nick. Yeah, we're watching some really good shows. Um, our analysis is getting better as we go, if I may say so. Uh, yes, sir. I agree with that. Yeah. High energy, good shows. Let's just keep doing it, man. Facts. I'm all in, bro. All right. I think it's time. And there's only one way to end these. Peace out. See ya.